Good. Okay, welcome back. It's always a school at the start a minute early, so if somebody walks in, uh, you'll uh, give them a seat and some of the good treats. There are a number of things that came up over the summer, some of the shaylas on the sherem before the summer, so we will try to address them one by one. So I'm not going to give out the Mayama canvas now. We'll get to that uh, tomorrow night, the next night. Uh, the first thing we're going to deal with is, I could just say, Klai Yisrael Kedeshim, is a throwback to the Sugi before in Chukka Sayyam and Hukha I, as you know, we have a, uh, a six or seven minute uh, or five minute, depending on the day, Dvar Halacha, Vitimin Chamerv. And once in a while, what I did in six minutes, I have to go back six times to do because there's so many Shilas afterwards. So it reminded me, I didn't say it online on the video because it was the Timid Chamar for about, I don't know, five weeks ago. I was at Achnasa Sefer yesterday and a fellow from Lakewood comes over to me and he said, oh, he wanted to ask me, he was just in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and he heard that I spoke out at Timid Chamar, I kid you not, uh, that, uh, that going to Amish country is uh, problematic. So he wanted to know what the Gadarim were. Uh, I said, what'd you do? He said, well, I, I thought it made a lot of sense. I don't want to think of it before. Uh, investigating a foreign religion and talking to them about their Chumras and Kulas and Lamates Malachas and the whole nine yards. So uh, we were there anyway in the area. So I, I just got one photo op of the guy who drove by with a horse and buggy. Was that okay? So I said, a photo op, photo op of the horse and buggy? You didn't talk to him. You weren't investigating. You were just going by. No, no, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty okay. So I just want to uh, mention what I said. Uh, for those of you who, uh, for four or five nights straight, uh, we were discussing it back and forth, and uh, this guy yesterday wasn't the only guy since then. There is an Isra al-Tifna lalilim, which uh, the Rambam brings down quite clearly from Chazal, that there's an Isra in any shape or form, even though you're not thinking of converting and you really have no interest in the religion, even at just a point of fascination, there's an Isser based on this Pasuk, al Tifna Lilim. This is a Daraisa in the Sugi of Avodazar. It's pretty Hamadika Sugi. And the Isser is to even have a casual interest in the detail or overview of a foreign religion. So the first Kiddush to me was half the people listening the first time I said it was what do the Amish have to do with a foreign religion? I said, what country do you live in? They're Christians, and they're a pretty um, extreme or medoctic form. If, I don't want to use that word. Uh, they're, um, and you look at the writings. They hold that, um, you know, Yashkan held that this is a treif, Mahajim and Ahajim. And whether we agree the Hashkafa, that we should uh, be less involved with technology, we happen to agree uh, to an extent. And the fact that, you know, they say, love thy neighbor, we also agree with that. They took it from us. The fact that we agree or disagree in the particular Hashkafa being discussed is absolutely irrelevant. The Isser is discussing the religion and comparing it and discussing it. I've had countless men and Bacharim who came back from the trip over the years. First thing they told me, it was so interesting, we were schmoozing with the guy. It's fascinating, they have these uh, set of malachas and they have chumras and kulas and they have more modern elements and they have this and they have different Amir Lakam and Amir Yisrael and uh, all sorts of interesting, that's exactly what you're not allowed to do. Unless you're an anti-missionary and you have to train in this for Kiru purposes or you're the Rabban and at gunpoint you're forced to debate them, uh, that's exactly what's also. It's irrelevant that you're not trying to do this because you have an interest in the religion. I'm well aware that people go because they just find it interesting. I have an alternative. It's called Colonial Village. 
It's the same thing. You want to see how they lived a few hundred years ago, there are places to go. You, if you drive by, again, you see the horse and buggy, you take a picture, no, no. But once you start getting involved, and most people go, it's a nice tour, and they talk to you, and they tell you uh, what it's all about. The fact that they don't mention this is part of your religion has, is absolutely irrelevant, in my opinion. And um, it's interesting that a lot of people didn't even know that uh, it's a religious thing. They just thought it was their minig. I don't know uh, why somebody would have a havmila. Of course it's a religious thing, and this is... Uh, a very uh, strong basis to their uh, to their practice, and it's the whole Malach HaChaim. So Altifna Lilim is a serious sugya. When you look for coolers in general, I have a, there are a lot of coolers I have to come up with when something is a Shas You have to look at two things in any sugya. How urgent is it? How much of a Shas is it? And what sugya are we dealing with? Are we dealing with the Yal V'Yavashayla? Not to put down Yal V'Yavashaylas. Relatively benign compared to Hilchas HaVarazar. So we're dealing in a very, very Chamer Dikasugya, and there's absolutely no Shas Tchak whatsoever. You don't have to go. You can even go to Lancaster. You can go to Hershey Park. I'd rather somebody eat Chal of Stam than do this. If they're, if they're discussing, even for one minute, even a casual question and answer. Altifin Alilim is a serious this, and the Ramam spells out quite clearly that you can't even lo- look at their, any of their books, Mashma, even one page, one line. The Ramam is quite graphic in the way he describes this Isser. So I don't hear, so I, I always like the Miyash of the Minig, but this is not a Minig Yisrael. We haven't been in this country that long. The Minig Yisrael, as we go visit the Amish. Okay, that's. We don't have to be Miyash of that. I'm well aware that it, a lot of people do, but. If you point out the people, and this guy told me, he's a businessman, he told me, he says, as soon as I heard it, I said, oh yeah, I don't know why I think of that. Why should I discuss, uh, now that I know Christianity is a Vodazar for us. Uh, we've said this many times. Yehor Vayavar. And um, for them, it's a Machalikas Ashrenim, whether it's a Vodazar. But for us, it's, it's a different religion. And to go talk about the ins and outs, even though we're just doing it because they think it's cute, or just to uh, find out the ins and outs and the coolest of humors, that's exactly what Altif uh, the low plug, the race of Altif Nalilim is. So I really don't see. Uh, we spent a few nights in the Chukasam Shir on the Chuva for Amesha, which I'm still getting questions about. This is back in June. Ramesha said, and he was emphatic about this, he said that if somebody lived at the time of the Greeks, like Homer, if he did live at the time of the Greeks, most scholars hold he did, and he wrote about the Greek gods, if when he wrote about it, they believed in it, you can't even read it now. Ramesha's Kuli, remember he the Chuva to the uh, to teaching it in a public school, you're allowed to teach it or not. Ramesha said you can't teach it unless you're teaching it from a text of somebody written in a contemporary format where he's like obviously they're making fun of it or obviously hold its uh, no shaykhs to reality. Then Ramesh holds Mutter and he says you should add on the Zilzul Shaboy to make it clear that uh, we don't hold to this in a big way. But Ramesh even Asr is when nobody believes in it. The Amish are alive and they believe in it. So you can't just say it's just curious, I'm looking at something because I find it interesting. Well, that is why I'm not accusing anybody of going there for nefarious purposes, but that's what the Isr is. So I just don't see as a sugya. I hear the other side. That's why I brought it up. I understand people are going because they're just trying to find a new place to go for tourists. But we're dealing with a very chomadik sugya. There are plenty. We have 50 continuous states. A lot of nice things to see. What, what for? Why get into a shayla like this? That, that was my point. And um, 
it's interesting. Uh, the people who knew that it was a foreign religion got it quicker than the people who never even thought about it before, which is interesting. Yaakov, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like uh, saying, you know, just safe as a tshuva. By the way, the the, the out there uh, and the rest of the states and the rest of the world keeps asking me over the last, like, 10 years, can I repeat the questions? They can't hear them. So we'll try this year to improve on it a little bit. So if you remember, if you ask a question, ask me to repeat it. What you just asked was if this priestess in the colonial uh, village versus over here which one would I suggest? Like my choice now between the Chal of Stam. Chal of Stam, according to Amesha, is not Usser, it's a Midas Chasidis. Is it modern-day priestess uh, or a colonial priestess? A colonial <laughs> priestess. Uh, it's a good shot. It means her tichel's just a little bit back, you mean. Aha, uh-huh. I see. Interesting. Uh, so, Ravadja says it's a tshuva. Somebody asked him, the Yechavadas is printed from his tshuvas on the radio. He had a live radio show. He was the Colin Shilas. And they once asked him, uh, I think it was a manal of either a very, very modern school or a Kirov school or a Fry school, some school in Israel. And he said he wants to make some sort of policies. I guess it was some religious school, some nature of some religious level. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to put his foot down at all. And he asked Avad Yosef, what should he do away with first? He has a problem with pants and miniskirts. So Avad Yosef, after making it abundantly clear that both were usually problematic... He said, no, if you're fighting 100 battles and you have to put this fire out before the other fire, so he goes on to say that perhaps maybe the pan, whatever, I don't even go through the terrorists because it's not a gear, Baruch Hashem, to our ilum. But that's the similar question, is that uh, if you have, and this is the race of and the other is the race of you know, I would go to a third place, take a long walk. Somebody told me he went to New Hampshire, and he likes New Hampshire because it's big enough that you can find your own trail for the family. You don't have to see anybody. <laughs> and uh, no pizzas. He just walks by himself, and that's the, uh, that's the Maila. I had a very uh, unfortunate uh, story recounted to me yesterday uh, by somebody here from the shul who, um, I guess, knows I collect vacation stories. I won't tell you the whole story because it's not fit for video or print. But he was in the Grand Canyon, which is... If, if you avoid the priestess, it's very kosher, it's in your flesabere, and you even make a bracha. And uh, he actually went there for sunrise to be able to see the sunrise, and I guess he was catching the 8 o'clock minion afterwards. That's a separate child, you're allowed to do any malacha, go anywhere before davening. Okay, I didn't discuss that with him. We'll save that for a different shear. And uh, maybe he had 10 people with him, they were davening nates. And afterwards, the family split up and his wife went in one direction, and they were going to meet up. He was sort of like walking in that direction to meet up with her. She went with one of the kids. All of a sudden, she comes running back and stop, stop, stop. Don't go this way. Now, it's uh, soon after sunrise on the Grand Canyon. Like, how bad can it be? Some coyote wasn't dressed. Like, what, what, could, uh, what do they have there? So uh, I won't tell you the rest of the story, but uh, he was so shocked that... Uh, uh, he was thankful his wife went first and shocked that uh, you'd find that in middle America. So, um, we'll end there with that story. But you've got to be careful where you go, and vacationing is important once in a while, but uh, there's no head there for preachers, which is clearly going to be a less a super issue if, uh, if you don't practice serious Shemir Zanayim and uh, you don't put yourself in a matzah like that. And Al Tifnel Alilim, again, I don't. I don't think the suggestion of a possible kula is 
is ridiculous. All I'm saying is, why? What's pushing over here? The miyashiv. This is not a minig yisrael. I'd like to miyashiv. Many people are going there, but if you just bring it up with them, most people say, well, "What do we need a shaila of hilchas avodazara?" I could just go somewhere else. And that's that's why I think uh, certainly could die to be careful. And if you go and you're just looking at them with a horse and buggy, uh, this same guy asked me, "Can you go uh, watch them milk the cows?" I said, "You can watch them milk the cows. You can go to any." Farm and watch the Mukta cow, even if the farm is owned by a Hindu. That's a real contemporary of There's nothing wrong with watching the Mukta cow. It's the, it's trying to understand their lifestyle and looking into their religious practices, even though you didn't even know the religion. And you're not focusing on the religion. That's the uh, that's the point behind it. Okay, I'm sure um, next time or maybe Chalamai will have some more exciting. Yes. <coughs> He says, yeah, he's on it. She told him he's on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We told over them. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll repeat it. Because we told over to him also. I heard the story involving a few different people, but it's a great, that means it at least happened once. Uh, it's, a, it's a great Mysa where he was, uh, I think it was at a train station. He was at a train station. No, he was, a, he was at a train station and had somebody accosted him, some very insecure Yid who's not yet from accosted him. He was dressed in full Hasidic garb. And he starts screaming and yelling, you're an embarrassment, you're an insult, you're this and that. And he's listening to the whole tirade. And after he says, excuse me, sir, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm Amish. He said, oh, you're Amish? Oh, I'm so respectful of your traditions. I'm so sorry. And, and then he said, and when I was a chassidish, it wasn't good enough. <laughs> that's the uh, Maisa Shehoyah. It's Rabbi Gadol. It's Rabbi Okay, so that's, that's where I first heard it, by the way. So that was the original. And he talked dresses like a chassidish. And um, your question, which I did raise the next mincha. So you're, you're on to it. Everybody, when I told them, I said, everybody says, but we learned in our chukka saying, she and the Anala to say you were going. I might be your heart by Yabra. So wow. it's, 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 a serious, it's a good shayla. Again, saying you're Amish just means you can say you're Mennonite, you can say you're a Quaker, you can say you're, there are differences to do. You're still saying you're a Christian. Uh, so it's unclear. I never spoke to him about it, what the to there would be. But ironic uh, now I'm realizing I didn't get, uh, didn't speak this out this year at all. The four nights I was discussing this, on night number three, somebody called me from Baltimore, an old friend of mine, and he said I had a terrible experience this past Masih Shabbos. He said I was standing outside the shul, and a car drove up with tinted windows. They rolled down the window. What's the modern way of saying that? We don't roll down windows anymore. I don't know, upgrade. They pressed the button. The window came down. And there were two um, interesting-looking fellows who um, were there, and they yelled out the window, Hey, sir, are you Jewish? Now, in Baltimore, or any place for that matter, he's standing outside a shul. Yelled out the window, they didn't look too friendly. What's the din? So the reason the person who called me was all bent out of shape is uh, because he was very frightened by what happened. He was even more frightened because he told them no. And then he ran inside. Now, in Shulchan Aruch, it says you can't say you're a guy because all goyim then were akum of the chavim mazal. So you were saying you're an Razar. Today, you can say no. I'm, I'm, I believe in seven mitzvahs, but not, it can mean a lot of things. So I'm not convinced that at all that that would be, that would be answer. And, um, and the, uh, the question is, you know, what's the response? So he told him, he told me that a friend of his, what? To say you're a guy, and Shulchan Aruch says Aser, but guy then, I'm wondering if it meant always Akon. The problem is the truth is in the Holocaust, 
that discussed this assume it's still Osir, when it talked about in the Holocaust is very Nagea, and that was in the 1940s, and there were plenty of Goyim who were, there were communists who were, who were not of the Chavma Mazal. So if my Sfar is correct, why did they just use the Sfar? So I'm not, I'm not convinced my Sfar is correct. I'm just giving a possible Sfar. It doesn't look like the Peskim went with that Lukula so quickly. Uh, a friend of his told him that next time Rahmal Islam, if it happens, he's just say he's Hamish. And they'll think he said Amish, and really he meant Hamish. <laughs> and you know, that's in Shochanar Chosos, Meshtam the Treyapi, so that you could, uh, if, it, if it can be understood in two different ways. So that's the, uh, that's the Sugi in short, the quick Chazara. Uh, let's go back to the Kibbutz of Aim. I'd like to start off uh, with a very fascinating yet frightening Kliyakar. Uh It's short, uh, so I did not make a copy. The Kliyakar is back in Pasha Shlach by the Chaita Maraglim. And the Kliyaka says that the Gemara Chagiga, Yedalim Vez, brings down that Yeshaya was told to give Musr to Klai Yisrael, and he actually gave them Klolos. It wasn't his idea, you know, the Makal Yid, B'Shem HaKosh Baruch Hu. And the Gemara Chagiga says, Yudches Klolos, he prints it Chai Klolos, Kilo Yeshaya Yisrael, Velonis Daitoi, Interesting lotion, Lonis Garadaita, it sounds like. And he wasn't calmed down, he wasn't relieved, he wasn't happy, which doesn't make sense in this context. That's the Kliakaras. Lonis Garadaita, Acha Amar, the following call of what will be with Klaisrol when things get very bad. Yerhavu Hanar Bazokin, which means the younger generation will lord over the older generation, will start up. They won't respect their parents, their elders. And then Niskaira Daita. So the Kliyakares, Vechi, Hanavim, Hayusmechen, Laidim, Chalila, Shaman, Skaradaita. Yeshaya Nabi wasn't happy with the job of giving the clothes in the first place. So he's, he kept giving all these clothes and he stopped and Skaradaita when he got to that Klolo that they won't respect their elders. What's Pshat? He says the following Kach Perusha, Shabachal HaKlolos, Cham Liboy, his uh, poetic uh, language here is very moving. As he was saying the Klolos, he was tormented. Yeshaya Navi, in his love for Klai Yisrael, he couldn't figure out why they deserve such punishment. The Klolos talked about what's going to befall them, Rahman al-Islam. Couldn't figure out how bad were they. Ladas, Lomazev, Almazev. Hifli Hashem es Makaisim. Why is Hashem, you read the Tachachas coming up this next Shabbos. It's pretty horrific. He couldn't figure out what Yeshaya, Yeshaya was Yeshaya. He couldn't figure out, like, what's, what's going on? Which Avera is uh, causing this? means he figured out the aside. This is the scariest, for this Sugiya, keep it up, eh? Scariest Kliyakar I've ever seen. He says the Pshat in Yeshaya, the Pshat in Gemara is, means he finally figured out the clue of what was driving all the disobedience that followed of Klai Yisrael not listening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Lanaskara daitai because his heart was not letting him rest to figure out mi beten mi yatsu kol tlaz where did all these tzaras come from? Acha amala Hashem izbarach yerhavu anar bezaken and Hashem told him the answer. Az naidilai shekol ayinshem alala nimshechu menchet hamaraglim maraglim is where this first so what does Rashi say? They came to ask Moshe Rabbeinu, they were pushing, and the younger ones were pushing in front of the older ones. 
He says that was the Avera afterwards, the Lashonara's body. It all started the fact there was no Seder. If the Zikanim were in charge and the Zikanim were able to tell the Naram, calm down, Moshe doesn't look like he thinks it's a great idea. Perhaps the Kashboga doesn't think it's a great idea. Maybe we shouldn't do it. And had that, had that system been in order, had they listened to the elders, to the parents, it wouldn't have happened. And this is what caused Chetam Raglim, which caused Chorben Bayes Rish and Chorben Bayes Shani. So, Chayakar frames, keep it of aim, keep it zakanim, keep it chamin, in the poison of what triggered Chetam Raglim and what caused the Chorben. So, I put that away, I noticed that over the summer. And I put it away because it's uh, a very fascinating idea that he says it wasn't just uh, we look at Chaytam Ragalims, they didn't trust the Kosh Baruch, they didn't have The problem started from the fact that the whole thing wouldn't have happened had they just had a hierarchy and a system of how to make a decision. And there was pushing and the uh, Na'arim weren't interested. Okay, let's begin some of the questions that uh, came through. The sugya we spent a lot of time on before the summer was the machlekes achrenim, if parents ask you to do something which is not direct servicing of them, getting them something to drink is kibudaraisa. Not sitting in their chair, not arguing with them, not screaming and yelling is yira. So you have covered in yira. What if they ask you to do something, put your coat on, it's cold, and it's only 50 degrees, and you don't really think it's a problem. It's probably not, but it gets them nervous. So some Achranim held is not only covered or Yira, although it's certainly a hider to make them happy. And the Chaznish and many others, or the Yashiv, like this, the Chumra, that it's certainly under Yira if you're aggravating them and not listening to them. What does it make if you're saying you're not listening or just showing them you're not listening? And even if they don't know about it, if it's a good chance they'll find out, he holds it would be a violation of Yira, and he says if getting him a glass of orange juice is covered because it gives him nachas, maybe listening to them would be a Kavachemer. So Chaznish holds it's possibly under both, but he holds you definitely have to listen. The limitation of that, we didn't exhaust the sugya yet, we'll get to other examples, is when they ask you to do something that is so difficult that it'll make a huge difference in your life. Like, you already found the shidduch, they say, don't marry this one, they don't have a good reason. And you ask the third party, or you, you spoke it up with your Rebbe, and this is the right girl, and they have these frivolous reasons, the cover, the money, whatever it is, then you have to listen to them. Is that to make a big difference in getting married on time, and after have to of your wife, and all the other dinim. So, there you don't have to listen. Rabbi Yashav Tshuva, if you remember, father was a Sfaradi Baal Tshuva, and he wanted his children, who were raised as Ashkenazim, to start switching to Sfaradi Tshuva. Even that, Rabbi Yashav said, if you could do it, fine, it's not that easy sometimes, and you don't have to change old Nusuch and start diving a different shul, if it's going to upset the apple cart. So those are two, you wouldn't think, Case number two is extreme. Is case number one. It's not, but Rabbi Yashar says even at Kach. We're going to have many other examples as we go through the sugya. One of the examples brought down by Ferish and Shulchan Aruch, this you don't need uh, this Chaznish for, uh, and the other Achreinim, and you don't need the whole sugya of not servicing them. There's a Ferish exemption for Talmud Right? from Yaakovin, Yaakovin was not punished for the years he spent by Yeshiva Shem Be'eva, even though he's told to get a wife. And... It says in Shulchan Aruch, we didn't see this inside, but some, somebody asked, I wanted to cover it, this is Nagea. If a bocher has clear direction from an objective view of his Rebbe and he's convinced that he needs to go out of town, let's say, 
the specific yeshiva and his learning is going to be that much better and the parents don't want him to go, technically they can't nix it. He has a right to, uh, to go and Talmud Torah trumps the Kibbutz of Aim in this case. The Pischei Tshuva points out that when he's in town with an earshot of the parents, he's going to yeshiva in town. He comes home for t- supper, he came home after my tackle, and mother says, take out the garbage. And all of a sudden, he quickly, he hears his mother coming, he quickly opens up his gemara. That wouldn't happen with you. You would never do that. But uh, he, or he says, why can't she ask my sister to do it? I'd like to go learn. There's no patur. If you're there on the spot and it's limited, then there's no patur. The patur is, now what's the lumdus here? What's the difference make if it's five minutes of bitlotair? Five years? Twenty years? What's the chilik? So the place can frame it in a very interesting way. There's not a din of out of town versus in town. It's a din in whether this is going to interfere with your growth and learning. Now, every two minutes counts. Don't get me wrong. But if it's something that is a short interruption and he's not going to lose his chavusa over it and he's not going to miss the shear that's going to give him his mahalachan learning, he's not going to miss the chavusa that's going to give him the mahalachan learning, then you have to take out the time. And that's a Mr. Shabagufay and his daichatamatar like everything else. If, however, he's in town and the parents are constantly asking and it's interrupting the Sadarm and that's going to affect the overall growth and accomplishment, Hanami, he's part of Kibar Avem. So it's not a din out of town versus in town. And that's an important Nakuda, which happens, I'm asked this Shiloh by many Bachram, and you got to be careful because you got to know where they're holding, you got to know Lashman, you, you know, how far do you have to go and how much everything's an interruption. The question is the, uh, the balance. Uh, example of this, the general Rufnius, uh, I saw, it's down in the footnote here, there's a famous Maisa with the Gain. I'll just, uh, it's probably going to give rise to a few questions, so we'll just, uh, the Gain went with his brother, Rabbi Avram, to the base Eilam on the first year side of his mother. And they saw Baruch Kachum, however, they saw that the mother had tremendous nachas from it. First year side, and Shama still, certainly the first year side. They went to see two Galenim, they say her children. She was Mamish, uh, tremendous nachas, Ruach, and Shemayim. And uh, the brother of the guy mentioned the guy, isn't it great? We went, we saw, we gave us his nachas. And the guy says, Yeah, remind me uh, not to do that again. I appreciate we gave her nachas. Now, this is only for the guy in this part. Uh, if you're on the guy's Madrega, um, on that Kedusha, so there's a lot of Klippas and all sorts of shady things in the base Kfaris. And the guy says, I suffered so much in my Ruchnias. From that, I'd love to do it again. I just can't. And never went back. So for the guy, I guess if you're in low Madrega, the clip is not attack you. I don't know exactly uh, how it works. Ain't Lanaisik Benistaris. But uh, Lamaisa saw the mother got so much nachas. The answer is the guy understood that as much as he'd like to do that, and there is a din of Machabda in this case, he felt that he has a right not to go because of his. Uh, sacrifice and ruchnius, and a sacrifice he doesn't have to make. So normally, kibbutz of aim is not only not a sacrifice and ruchnius; it helps your ruchnius. There are situations where that's not the case. Very unique situation, but fascinating example. Okay, Mitzvah Shem, we will continue tomorrow night. Myra downstairs.